Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. Thorne Health Tech recently relaunched its gut health test with the inclusion of its patent-pending microbiome wipe, eliminating the stool sampling that might be deterring users from testing their microbiome. Joining me now is Dr. Nathan Price, Scientific Officer of Thorne Health Tech. Hi, Nathan, and welcome to the NutraCast. Hi, Danielle. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be with you. Thank you for joining me. So tell me, how did the idea for this wipe come about? Yeah, so... It started a few years ago. Uh, really, it was just a, a conversation uh, over beers one night with Joel Dudley and Chris Mason, or two of the leading scientists that have been engaged with us for a long time. And essentially, everyone in our community pretty much doesn't like the way that we have to sample microbiomes in the past, uh, which requires this step of of having to collect your own stool sample and do your business and take a, a little scoop and put it into a vial and maybe freeze it. And, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that people don't like. And so basically the, the idea was, well, what would be the simplest, easiest thing that you could possibly do? And it kind of just came up, well, what if you had special toilet paper that you could just use? And so that's kind of the basis of, of the wipe. And of course, in the years that followed was a lot of engineering and figuring out how to get this to work. But basically, it's just that, that we could essentially provide a ability for someone to get a sample doing something uh, that's as simple and easy as what they do going into the bathroom every day. And so that's where the idea for this, uh, what we call the microbiome wipe, came about, uh, where it's exactly what it sounds like. And you can just kind of drop it in a container, close it, you can shake it a little bit, and then it, it goes away. Well, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go forward. Yeah, so tell me about the process. I mean, is it basically just like your old one, but with a wipe instead, or what's the difference? Yeah, so so the old approach, which we used as, as pretty much everyone in, the, in the, the field, was that basically you would come to get your gut health test. So you would go uh, defecate, and basically you would have this step where you then have to take uh, and you'd have to basically poop on either a into a bucket or onto a piece of paper. Then you would have to scoop up a little sample, put it into a vial, you know, fill it up, and then you'd close the vial. Some of the approaches you'd also have to freeze it. And I don't know about what your house looks like, but there's kind of only one place that we have for freezing things. And it's <laughs> <to the> food. <laughs> that wasn't, wasn't the greatest. And so the, these were all the steps that people kind of had to go through. Now, the new approach is much simpler. So in the new approach, essentially, we give people a glove. So you first put on a glove. This is to protect the sample from being contaminated by bacteria that live on your hands uh, because we want to have a, a pure sampling of what is in a stool. So then you defecate and then you wipe as normal, just like you would with toilet paper. And the microbiome wipe is just made out of a soft material that you can use for this. And you do that. And then it comes with a container. And essentially, you just drop it into the container and close. Now, the thing we had to figure out was to be able to make the microbiome wipe out of a special polymer that will dissolve away quickly in liquid. So you can shake it in the vial. In about 10 seconds, it will dissolve away. And then you push a button on the top and it releases a salt solution that preserves the DNA for sequencing. 
and that's it. And then basically you put that in the mail and that's all there is to it. So essentially it doesn't change very much from the routine that you do on an everyday basis apart from just the container and mailing it. And so from that standpoint, we think that it just provides a much improved experience and it gets rid of this uh, sort of, uh, dreaded uh, poop and scoop step, which is the piece that uh, pretty much everyone doesn't like, mm-hmm. uh, including even those of us who are microbiome enthusiasts. <laughs> and so tell me about the technology behind this. What are you using to glean all this information? Yeah, so that's where the real interesting part comes in, certainly from the science side. So once we have that sample, it may not sound like much, but you actually have a huge number of microbes that live on your body and your gut. You have about the same number of microbial cells as human cells. So it's a huge reservoir uh, that's important for health. And so one of the developments uh, fairly recently is that we can interrogate what are all these different microbes that are living on us or inside us. And when we do that, we're able to use something called metagenomic sequencing. So this is just like uh, getting your, you know, your human genome sequenced, right, which we can now do. Uh, but now you can get your metagenome sequenced. And what that means is it gives us the gene content of all of those uh, bacteria and other microbes that are living in, uh, in your gut. And it turns out that that has a lot of implications uh, for health. And, and so we can just get at a huge amount of information that way. Talk to me a little bit about this information that you're getting. What are some things that people are finding? And I understand that you also provide recommendations. Yes. So by going through that huge amount of genomic information uh, that you get about all these species, that information can be used to figure out what are the kinds of things that your microbiome is doing. So first I wanna just take a step back in terms of the importance of this. So one of the really big aspects is that essentially everything that you ingest is gonna go through a process where it passes through your microbiome before it comes inside your body, right? So as it comes into the stomach, as it comes into your intestines, Uh, you have, uh, it's going to go through this gut microbiome. So that means everything you eat in terms of food, any supplements that you might take, and any drugs that you might take. All of those can be modified uh, by the microbiome. We can come come back to that in a minute. So what that means then is that there's a huge role that this plays in terms of what it might do for your health. So when we give people back information, we essentially give it in a bunch of different categories. So we give information back related to people's digestion, inflammation, so the state of their immune system, uh, because the microbiome plays a big role in in how active uh, your immune system is as it responds to different uh, bacteria that could be there. Uh, Pathogens uh, would cause a particularly big issue. Uh, Pathogens are are, uh, microbes that cause disease. And it monitors for a bunch of those. So uh, this isn't a clinical test, but if those are identified, then they would get referred back to uh, to a doctor and a person would be uh, sent back into the medical system. It looks at things uh, like gut dysbiosis, so different imbalances that could cause problems for a person. It evaluates intestinal permeabilities, so whether or not, you know, so-called leaky gut, or basically are you, are you seeing more in your gut cavity than you would be expected to? Do we see an excess of human DNA 
that's appearing in the stool. That can be an early warning sign for uh, a number of cases, some more mild, but some also severe that would be referred back to a doctor. It looks at the gut-brain axis of certain uh, bacteria that are related to for example, the production of serotonin, which happens primarily in your gut and is one of the most important neurotransmitters, and a bunch of different things related to general health. So it goes through a lot of information. Oh, and one of the other things it does, which is quite interesting, is it will also monitor for probiotics, uh, so so-called good bacteria that are beneficial to health. And if you happen to be taking a product that has a probiotic and you're curious if it is in fact making a difference or changing the composition of your gut, you can take this test before and after and actually observe. And we, we include all the commercial probiotics that, of which we're aware into the test so that people can monitor that uh, no matter where they're, where they're getting that from. That is so fascinating that something as simple as a quick wipe can reveal so much information. Yeah, it, it is kind of incredible to think about because you get access to thousands of different species that are in the gut. You get information about their relative quantities, and you get a view of the metabolic transformations, the transformations of nutrients that could be catalyzed by the enzyme content that is represented in that genome. And so if you think about all the kinds of information that you get from just a tiny amount of material, it is really mind-boggling what you can do with new, uh, what are uh, called omics-based technologies these days. Mm-hmm. And so when people are getting these recommendations, is there anything that you're seeing is trending that maybe some people are insufficient in? Sure. So there's a lot of uh, pieces that can come into this. So a lot of individuals will have uh, specific issues that they might be dealing with, uh, whether that's constipation or diarrhea or irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, you know, which is a big, a big issue for people. And so we do have a number of products that people can use for these kind of things. So one of the issues that might come up is constipation. Uh, one of the products that we recommend called Enteromend uh, is really good for that. In fact, this was my first introduction to Thorn before I worked here. So this was some years ago when I was just a customer uh, for the company. A uh, little bit of TMI here, but I was having very painful daily constipation. And I got recommendation to tr try out this uh, product, Enteromend, and it cleared me up uh, very quickly, actually, and made, made a big difference for me on a daily basis. I then quit using it, and I went back to having the problem, started it again, and then I've never had the problem since. Uh, so wow, so you were a customer, and now you work here. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> Wasn't as as direct a line as that, but yes, I definitely used, this was a product I used prior to having any relationship with Thorn, actually. So the Enteromen product uh, really made a difference. Uh, diarrhea, you know, is another big problem. That, for some people, can be addressed with some pretty simple, very cheap kind of uh, approaches such as resistant starch. You can actually intake resistant starch as uh, unrefined potato flour if you want to, uh, which is an incredibly cheap product. You can buy a huge bag of it for about three bucks or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, that one in, in particular is quite interesting because it also supports the uh, growth of bacteria that are uh, related to the production of serotonin. So scientists have figured out over the last several years that a lot of the serotonin, some estimates put it as high as 95%, comes from production in the gut. And so kind of informally, we had a bunch of us at the research institute I worked at before 
who had done kind of some informal experiments on ourselves, just to see what what happened when we when we uh, took this stuff. And for some of the people, it made a massive difference to them in terms of like dreaming for the first time and things like that. Uh, that really? was really remarkable. You know, that was a little anecdotal, but it was interesting. We had about a dozen of us that did it. For half of us, including myself, it did basically nothing. Like I couldn't tell any difference. But for some of the people there, they just swore by it that it made an incredible difference. We think might be related to you know how much basal serotonin production is there. But we don't know that for sure. But it was there's a, there's kind of a bunch of biohackers out there in the world testing, a, you know, trying a lot of these things and seeing how the body reacts. Uh, so that one was was quite a quite an interesting story. Yeah. And I mean, it does make sense because from what I've read, most people that suffer from depression and mental illness, they have dysbiosis, right? They do. And this is a pretty new area of science. So, I, you know, I want to be very clear with the listeners that you know, not all of this has worked out um, on this front. But there are really interesting connections. Uh, in fact, I was a senior author on a paper uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was, you know, where we were able to identify in the brains of patients that had Alzheimer's disease uh, that they had a buildup of bile acids. And they were bile acids of the type that we don't know of any metabolic pathways where they would be produced in the brain itself. But we do know of a bunch where they are produced in the gut microbiome. So it was at least suggestive of a potential link between some of the uh, products of dysbiosis actually getting into the brain when there was permeability. So there's a bunch of research that's continuing on that path. Uh, Rima Kadura Dauk, who was the, my collaborator on this at Duke University, uh, is continuing that that work forward now as well. So so there's there's a bunch of pieces like that that are really fascinating. So there's so many signals, some of which we understand how to read, and some of which are you know, tantalizing clues to to everything that might be possible. Wow, so interesting. And so speaking of clinical studies, you had some. What did your study show? Yeah. So one of the studies that we did was a study of, of irritable bowel syndrome. So with, uh, with irritable bowel syndrome, so we took 75 people. This was all a paper we published in uh, Precision Clinical Medicine in 2020, I believe. And so with IBS, we were able to take 75 people. We had them do our gut health test. And then we gave personalized recommendations based on the algorithm that we have for uh, making recommendations. And so from that, uh, it was a highly personalized trial. So of the 75 people, there were 69 unique combinations of interventions. So something pretty specific for every person. And then we we tracked their symptoms over the course of a month of doing this. And what it showed was that we were able to very significantly reduce the symptoms of IBS for individuals that were going through that trial. So that was a, a clinical trial that, that we did to show efficacy of the approach. Wow. I mean, it sounds like there's probably like an unlimited amount of recommendations of different combinations, right? Yeah, there's a huge number. There are certainly a couple of products we have that are, you know, used by quite a lot of people, uh, the Enteromen that I mentioned, and then the Prebiotic Plus, uh, which is a, a two-dimensional printed disc which uh, turns into a beverage, uh, which is actually pretty cool. That has printed on it bacteriophages that kill off certain kinds of bad bacteria. And then we put on prebiotics that are formulated to increase the growth of the bacteria, that, the good bacteria that we want to fill that space. The reason that's important 
is that often if you just take a probiotic, a lot of times it won't stick, it won't do anything. And the reason for that is that all the bacteria in your gut are there because they've outcompeted everything else that came before to fill that, that niche with the, the nutrients that are available in that environment. So if you just take in probiotics, they have to outcompete what's there. And that's actually a hard challenge. So this uh, prebiotic plus, as we call it, creates a space for that growth by killing off some of these bad bacteria. So you actually have room to make a change. So there are, in fact, these kind of things that have a pretty broad application, but then you're exactly right. There's this long tail of personalization where depending on if what exactly is the problem that someone is having, you can have very precise recommendations for the kind of things that you might change. It's so interesting, the things, I mean, just thinking about when we first started this interview, just a night out with the guys having a beer, and here we are. I mean, <laughs> it's it's so interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. Joel and Chris love to refer back to that all the time. <laughs> it is fun to see, you know, as you, as you, to see things come from, I did a concept to, to a product that actually tons of people can use. Mm-hmm. And so before I let you go, is there any other research or any other things that we should be on the lookout for? In terms of just generally, the microbiome is an incredibly fast moving field. And so there's new research that's really exciting, I think, coming out all the time. And I'll just share a few of these, not necessarily from Thorne, but from my um, some of my scientific work as well. Okay. So one element of this is, so we did a study on about 10,000 people looking at aging. And you know, healthy aging is one of the things that we're really interested in at Thorne. And then this was a paper that I did as my scientific work uh, with collaborators at the Institute for Systems Biology, where I've been a professor for many years prior to Thorne. And one of the things that we were able to show was that as people get older, if you stay healthy, that the distinctness of your microbiome goes up decade after decade, starting at about age 50. And what that means is that your microbiome becomes increasingly unique, increasingly specific to you. It looks less and less like anyone else's microbiome if you stay healthy. And by staying healthy, I mean you don't get on a lot of drugs, you're not hospitalized. You know, we use these kind of metrics. And it turned out that that score was really predictive of whether or not a person was healthy into really late age. And in fact, in one of the cohorts, we were able to show that it was predictive of all-cause mortality, like how likely it was that uh, that a person would live the next four years of life in, a, in an elderly cohort. So there's a lot of interest around this connection between the microbiome and its effect on aging. In fact, we won an award from the National Academy of Medicine called the Catalyst Award in Healthy Longevity to support that work, which we're really happy about. And then that paper was published in Nature Metabolism this last year. Wow, very uh, cool. I'm wondering, Nathan, we all know that when we live with people, our microbiomes are similar, right? Even down to our pets. So I'm wondering, you know, our family members, roommates, whoever we might be living with, does that have any impact on our own health and our own gut microbiome then? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. Your gut microbiome is definitely affected significantly by the environment that you're in and the food that you eat. And so if you're living with people, there is a tendency, certainly, for those things to be more similar than not. And so from that standpoint, yeah, there there is definitely an effect of the people who are around you, the lifestyle that you live on, what kind of microbiome you will have. 
Okay, very cool. There's a couple of things if you're interested in around the microbiome research that I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, tell me about it. So there's two more that I think are quite interesting. One is that we did an analysis looking at individuals who are going through a wellness program on whether or not they were able to lose weight or not. And this was a a paper that also we published this year. And basically what it showed was that if you tried to predict at baseline who was going to go on to lose weight, if we looked at about 100 different clinical lab measures, at about 1,000 different metabolites, at about 400 different proteins, if we controlled for body mass index, we've got virtually no signal that would be predictive of whether or not someone would lose weight or not. We're pretty surprised by that. But the microbiome was predictive. And it turned out there was two things from the microbiome that were really predictive about whether someone in this study would go on to lose weight or not. And it was one, how fast your microbiome was actually growing. Uh, There's a kind of a trick you can do on the DNA data that lets you estimate a growth rate for these things. And so every calorie you consume is either a calorie for you or your microbiome. And so the fact that faster growing microbiomes in this case were associated with people that lost more weight was very interesting. The second one was that if you metabolize away, uh, your, your microbiome can break down complex carbohydrates in different ways. And if you had a microbiome that would break down complex carbohydrates into simple sugars, was much harder to lose weight, at least in this study, than if you had complex carbohydrates that would be broken down into short-chain fatty acids. It turned out those two things were really predictive between individuals uh, about who was in the uh, group that lost weight versus that didn't, and so forth. Interesting. And And I'm sure you caught a lot of people's attention because weight loss, as we all know, is such a hot topic. This one is really hard, and and we definitely want to do further research so we can do a prospective trial. This was, uh, you know, going back and doing data analysis. But I I think it's very interesting because it kind of makes mechanistic sense. So the sort of things that we were identifying, to me, seem very likely to, to have a causal role. That still needs to be fully proved out. But I do think it's one of the areas that's really interesting because we know that the microbiome is causally associated with weight regain, for example, in mice. Uh, Ron Segal out in Israel did a a really fantastic study that showed if you took mice and you put them on a diet, made them fat, essentially, and then you, you dieted them down so that they lost the weight. And so when you had those mice that were then thin, for half of them, they substituted in the microbiome of a mouse that had never been fat. And then they let them go back to eating. And what happened was that all the mice who had been fat in the past that they had taken down and not switched the microbiome, they all got fat again. And the ones where they swapped them with the microbiome that had never been fat, they all stayed thin. And so we've actually been able to do this kind of manipulation in animal models. And now with the kind of study that I just mentioned, we're seeing evidence of that kind of thing in humans as well. So there's a really interesting aspect here. Uh, I want to be clear that's not part of our, you know, of the test today, but there's a really interesting angle to this where the microbiome could be uh, very related to, you know, that huge uh, problem that we have in, in society. And we're very interested in potential partners that might want to, you know, team up with us on some of these things to see if we couldn't find solutions for that problem uh, using the gut microbiome as a really important uh, interface. 
There really is so many opportunities out there for something like this. I mean, I just, you could go so many different ways with it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that we really like about the new microbiome wipe is that what we're hopeful for is that the microbiome has a big implication, not just for gut health, but really for all health, because so much of health is connected back into the gut. And what we're hopeful of is that with this reduced barrier, making it easier for people to do the testing, that we might have a lot more people do it. And the more people that do it with the, the right kind of metadata or you know data sharing with that, uh, where we can look at health trends, that's going to help us catalyze so much more learning around this so that we can deliver better and better products back to people. And I just think that the science here is evolving so rapidly that it's just super exciting for all the health benefits. Because this was really a black box to us not so long ago. You know, oh, yeah. Kid, really didn't know anything about this. And it turns out it's super important. And I could go on for hours, but I won't. But, but you know, there's many, many more examples of, of how this is important. Yeah, so many opportunities, like you mentioned, and I think consumers are slowly but surely really starting to recognize the importance of gut health. Yeah, I think it it really has become an issue. And in fact, it's estimated that something like 60 to 70 million Americans suffer from gut health problems of one kind or another. And, you know, whether it's bloating or constipation or diarrhea or inflammation or or, or whatever, and it turns out that so many of us have these kind of issues. And I think just speaking from my own personal experience as well, you know, I, I remember certain phases of my life where I think I just became so used to having those issues that I forgot it was abnormal until they went away. <laughs> and you realized, oh, wow, I, you know, I feel different than I, than I used to feel and so forth. And we just get that from so many people uh, talking about those kind of issues and how they can really make a difference in, in their health. Yeah, definitely. I mean, such an awesome, interesting idea. I hope a lot of people get a chance to try it out and hopefully resolve some of their issues that they're having. Yeah, I hope so, too. And we're all always happy to hear from people and their experiences. And so we can always uh, continue to make it better and better, hopefully, for people. Yeah, there you have it. Dr. Nathan Price, Chief Scientific Officer from Thorne. Thank you so much for joining me here on the NutriCast. Great. Thanks so much, Danielle. Really appreciate it. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutriCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutri-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.